Hey, welcome into the Coach Bono's podcast in the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the, at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram. Check out at Coach Bono's show. Click the follow there as well. You'll be, we'll be doing a little more sharing there and having some fun with that. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Search, uh, search for Coach Bono's show. You can email us at coachbonoshow at gmail.com. This is episode 36, and today we're a little running a little late today, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk all about the NFL draft, kind of my opinions and what I saw with the NFL draft and kind of everything that's taken over for the past three or four days with what's happened in the NFL. Uh, before we get too deep in there, I want to thank our sponsor this week, which is Gold Belly. If you go into our show notes, you're going to see a link for Gold Belly, and I'm telling you right now, if you haven't tried this out, this is a pretty cool website. Uh, restaurants from around the country, you can order different foods. I've talked about it in the past where you can get, you know, Hattie B's fried chicken, you know, hot fried chicken from Nashville. I'll tell you the one I'm looking at right now is the Clam Shack in Kenny Bunkport, Maine. I think this might get, this might get a, uh, a kit to ship the O'Connor house this week. You get your lobster rolls, your fried clam rolls. Uh, you can buy bulk lobster meat. Oh, man. I think I'm a some clam chowder. Ooh. But here's the cool thing right now. There's a whole section for Mother's Day. And I highly suggest if you're thinking about Mother's Day and you got to do something, maybe you got to send something to your mom, maybe the mother of your children, you know, and take care of mama at home too, or mother-in-laws. It's a great way to get something done, a little something extra. Um, I saw a couple of cool things in here. There's uh, a group that has the uh, tie-dye bagels. I uh, also saw a kit for... Uh, uh, brunch that's pancakes and waffles with a whole bunch of extras involved. Really cool stuff. Go to Gold Belly. Just check out the link in our show notes. That'll take you to Gold Belly. You'll get $25 off your first order of $50 or more. We want to thank Gold Belly for sponsoring us today. And it's a great way. Supporting them helps support us. So thank you for taking a moment and doing that. Now we're going to get into it on the NFL. The NFL draft is one of my favorite things of the year. <clears throat> Pardon me. As most of you know, I'm an avid football guy and the nerd in me. It's kind of a great, the kind of the, the merging of football nerd and, you know, needing some kind of fix to get us by from the season starting to the season ending. Uh, season ending to the season start, I should say. Um, if you listen to uh, Friday's podcast, I went over, kind of went through all the picks from day one what I liked, what I didn't like. And then I followed along. I watched, you know, day two, day three. And I'm going to just kind of in short kind of hit some of the winners and losers. And then kind of the what I saw is an overall theme to the entire draft. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you're grading these teams on how they drafted, it's not just whether they took what you think is a star player. A lot of times, especially when you're judging, you know, linemen or defensive backs, they're not someone who's going to be like fantasy football guys, so you're not thinking about that. But a lot of times you're grabbing players who are going to be players for, you know, six, eight, maybe even ten years on your team. So there's a lot of value there. I also think more than anything, a couple of the things we saw this year were the – how not only were tra- there was a lot of trading this year. Uh, a big theme was, and we see a lot of trades usually second round and pass, but 
This year we had, he was eight trades in the first round, um, and we saw the big trade of A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles were one of my winners. I got uh, five teams I'm going to talk about as kind of the winners of this thing. Um, and I got a couple teams that I thought were losers, but um, I think that what surprises me is uh, the lack of value teams got when they traded up. Uh, what I mean by that is teams that traded out of positions, um, we saw some teams that traded down, and they weren't getting enough, in my view, for the trade down. There wasn't a lot of additional value to you know, the extra three or four spots they fell down. Um, a couple teams, I thought, just you know, just really took it real hard. Um, you know, for instance, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they very much overpaid for one of their trades. Um but let's get into it a little bit here. So in looking at the overall draft, I thought, you know, the, the sexiest thing about the, the the draft is always the quarterbacks. The quarterbacks are always the ones who get followed. Um, you know, going in, we thought that there'd be at least two, maybe a third that would go in the first round. You know, I mentioned over and over, I didn't think that any of these players had first-round grades. Um, frankly, I only had two quarterbacks that had a second-round grade. And they were both just if they get to the right place. Um, first round quarterback, we only had one. That was Kenny Pickett, who was drafted by the Steelers. He was he and Malik Willis were really considered the top two in this draft. And it kind of reminds me of, well, I think it was 02 or 03, uh, the year that Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers were both drafted. I think that's 03. Um, you know, they were... You know, Smith went number one overall. Rodgers dropped into the 20s. And really, either of them could have gone number one overall. But once that team, uh, in the case of the, uh, I believe it was the 49ers at the time, picked Alex Smith. And when they did, no other teams wanted a quarterback until it fell to the Packers. And the Packers made the pick of Aaron Rodgers. Um, but since then, I haven't really seen a draft like this, a quarterback. We had Pickett and we had Willis. We thought, well, they'll probably go in the first round and probably be overreaches on teams. I put there be a possibility of a team jumping up and trying, especially when I saw how little teams are paying to have to move up. I thought we might see somebody move up into spot 31 or 32 to draft a quarterback just because of the implied value of a fifth-round option that you can have for that quarterback in the first round that you can't have on their contract in the second round. But that didn't happen either. We saw just Pickett going to first round, number 20 overall. Then we saw none of the quarterbacks in the second round, which was surprising. Uh, then the next quarterback to fall was Desmond Ritter, taken by the Falcons in the third round. We saw Malik Willis right after that, and then Matt Carell, who's one of the two guys that I had ranked with a, with a second-round pick. Uh, I actually had Matt Carell as the highest-graded guy uh, in quarterback in this draft. Um, he goes to Carolina late in the third round. Fourth round, we only saw one quarterback. That was Bradley Zappi uh, from Western Kentucky. He goes to New England. And then uh, Sam Howell in the fifth round uh, gets drafted by Washington Commanders. We then saw the three quarterbacks in the seventh round. That's uh, San Diego State, uh, sorry, South Dakota State quarterback Chris Oladokun, uh, K-State quarterback Skylar Thompson, good for Skylar Thompson, and Iowa State quarterback Brock Purdy uh, to the 49ers, who was Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft. Um, we did see a couple of quarterbacks uh, 
get drafted or got signed as um, undrafted free agents. Uh, the quarterback that I really liked and ended up signing was uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. He ended up signing with the Eagles. Um, I was told that Carson Strong's agent told teams not to draft him once it got to round five, that he was not going to accept a contract based on the fifth, sixth, or seventh round slotting. And he ended up signing a guaranteed two-year deal with the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are one of my winners this weekend. That's part of it is getting Carson Strong. Um, there are a couple quarterbacks to sign out there as free agents. I saw uh, the guy that I really like, uh, I actually had as a third-round grade, is Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana. Signed with the Washington Commanders, who I think if Washington had known they were going to sign Cole Kelly, I don't think they would have drafted Sam Howe. Um, I will say right now, on the record, you can record this, that Cole Kelly will make the Commanders team, and Sam Howe will not. Or if they keep Sam Howe, if the Commanders do, then Cole Kelly makes a team somewhere else. But I predict that Cole Kelly makes a team in the NFL this year as an undrafted free agent. So quarterbacks were a little different this year. It was, it was interesting to see how that all worked out. Again, just the lack of overall quality in the quarterbacks. Um, that will not be the case in 2023. We'll get to that later. Um, the other thing that jumped off the page for me as far as positions was the wide receivers. Uh, we knew that there'd be a load of wide receivers. I thought we'd see seven in the first round. We ended up getting six. But we got seven in the second round, uh, including Kansas City taking Sky Moore, who I actually had Kansas City taking Sky Moore with the 31st pick. I thought he was going to go in the first round. He was my seventh one. So uh, the Chiefs got him in the second round, which is good value for the Chiefs. Um, I thought the Chiefs did very well. Talk about that for just a second here. Um, I know on Friday, I didn't really, I didn't say I bashed the Chiefs, but I did say that I didn't like one of the picks in the first round. Um, I, I like, I love the Tyler Higgins um, draft. Thought it was great. I thought they overdrafted on the second pick, but then coming back with Sky Moore, I thought was a really good pick. Um, was really impressed with it quite a bit. I thought overall the Chiefs did very well. I, I you know, the, the thing about them is that they made a couple of trades, moved around a little bit. They were able to. You know, they had, well, so many picks here. It's two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten different picks. And you got to understand, these ten guys are not all making the roster. The Chiefs don't even have ten roster spots right now. Uh, Trent McDuffie, quarterback, the corner from Washington, will definitely, he'll be a starter this year. Uh, George Koloff is the uh, DN from Purdue. I thought it was a bad pick. I thought that he's a, like, he's just a white boy. He's a white boy on the edge. I just... He's not particularly skilled. He's not particularly fast. You know, he gets to the quarterback. He played in a Big Ten where there wasn't a lot of talent that he was playing against. I mean, when you look at some of the down teams in the Big Ten, um, you know, I just wasn't real impressed with him overall. I think it was a, I think it was a, a little bit of a pressing need. Uh, I think it was something where I think in that case the, um, the Chiefs overdrafted because of the situation. All the DNs had already gone. So that was kind of strange. Uh, Sky Moore, I thought, was a good pick. I thought Brian Cook from Cincinnati was a good pick. I think Brian Cook was a 
he's going to eventually be Tyron Matthews' replacement. Uh, they signed Justin Reed, but I think that uh, Brian Cook will end up being that guy who replaces Matthew. Um, another guy that I looked at and I thought was a really good pick was Jalen Watson. He's a seventh rounder from Washington State. Real high, um, highly rated guy who's a, would have been a little higher up, um, but uh, comes in, he's a corner, and uh, you, you always got to stack up corners, especially in the AFC now. So overall, but I would give the, the, the I don't do the A, B, C, D, F grades, but uh, I thought the Chiefs did fairly well. I think, again, the biggest ones were those three of the first four that they hit really solid on. So uh, congratulations to the Chiefs on that. Um, I'm going to get a couple of the bad ones out of the way first, and, and that's uh, the Patriots. I thought the Patriots had a terrible draft. Um, uh, Cole Strange, a guard from Chattanooga, I think he'll be a starter. He'll be a guy that Belichick plays for a few years. Um, you know, the biggest problem here is that this is a guy who's a guard who was a second or third round prospect, and you pick him 29th overall when there's other value on the board. Um, it's hard to argue with Bill Belichick's success, but in the past five or six years, he has not done a good job with the draft. And I think that their roster has shown that. That's why they've had to do a lot of uh, low-level free agency over the last few years. So um, I think that if I was going to give a letter grade, New England would definitely get an F. Another team that would get a, a poor grade from me if I gave out those kind of grades would be Dallas. I, I liked Dallas's first pick, Tyler Smith from Tulsa. A little bit of an overrated, a couple positions overreach. I mean, I, I wouldn't give him too much grief about that. But I just don't see, I don't know, I don't see a lot of value in what they've picked. Um, you know, there's a team that's lacking a lot of skill position. And they're lacking a lot of offensive line. And so they went and got a tackle in the first round. Um, and then they get a fifth-round tackle from North Dakota, uh, Matt Woletsky, Woletsko. Um, not real familiar with him, to be perfectly frank. But, you know, I mean, I'm not following tackles from North Dakota. I know he's 6'8 and 312, and that's great. But um, it shows the Cowboys have never really given since the Jimmy Johnson days. The Cowboys have never really put um, their offensive line as a as a priority. Um, I think the one time they did something like that was Lyle Collins, who was uh, was a great value for them for a long time. But I thought they did a really poor job as well. Um, the other team I thought didn't didn't do great was Arizona. Um, Arizona again, they had a good pick. Their first, their first pick would be in the second round. Uh, because they made a couple of the trades. But uh, uh, Trey McBride from tight end from Colorado State, again, if that's the best thing you got coming over, that's probably not great. Um, just not overall real impressed with what Arizona did as well. Um, so, yeah, those are kind of my, my losers, if you will, in the draft. I got five winners here, and you can put them in whatever order. I think one team absolutely dominated the weekend. When I mean dominate, I mean like they did a bang-up job from the beginning to the end and using their resources. Now, usually when you see these teams, these are going to be teams that are usually lower, they're higher picking because they were bad teams, 
And of course, they, you know, maybe they made a couple of trades before to get extra picks because they had to get rid of players. But the five teams we'll look at are the Ravens, the Eagles, the Jets, the Giants, and the Saints. Um, they all did things a little different. And uh, the two that I thought did the best over the weekend, well, I actually I'll put three, and that's the Eagles, the Jets, and the Giants. But all three did really well. Uh, Ravens, first off, they just went value. They just, they just, they don't worry about. They just pick the board. Who's the best available? They don't think about what their, um, their possible needs are. I think that's good and bad. Uh, you know, you got they got Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame, Tyler Limbaum, the center from Iowa. Again, I he's the best center in there. But then they don't pick another offensive player till Chris Kohler, a tight end from Iowa State in the fourth round. Um, I like a couple of the other picks here. I like Travis Jones, the UConn defensive tackle, uh, and David Ojobi from Michigan. I think it was a great pick in the second round. But they didn't get any help for Lamar Jackson. So I wonder what the message is. I think Lamar Jackson has every right to be a little bit upset right now because they really haven't done a lot for him. They being the, the Ravens. But I thought they had a decent draft. The next one talking about is my New Orleans Saints. Um, I'm, I'm giving the Saints a good grade here, but they were really good. And, and what I liked about it was their ability to move around. They had a, you know, they, they moved around a little bit. They didn't have that many draft picks, but they really, I think every pick was a good pick. Chris Olavi, uh, Wide receiver from Ohio State. I talked about Olavi and Trevor Penning. Both the two, both the two first round picks they had, I thought were great. They didn't get caught in the trap of trying to draft a quarterback. I know a lot of Saints fans, myself included, were worried they would. They didn't get caught with that gimmick. That was a good, good deal. The Saints second pick, second round pick, Alante Taylor, the corner from Tennessee. I've seen him play. Fantastic pickup. And then DeMarco Jackson, uh, inside linebacker from Appalachian State, I thought was a good pick in the fifth round. Uh, the Saints didn't have a third or fourth, fourth round pick. But what the Saints did do, and this is why I kind of include this in the draft, is it's not just who you draft, but also who you acquire. And if you don't know, here on Monday, the Saints have signed Tyron Matthew to be their new safety. Um, Tyron Matthew is going to come in on a three-year deal. They're getting him pretty cheap, I think, at $33 million for that three years. Uh, so he's coming home to New Orleans, and a lot of that was because they didn't take a safety in those first three picks, and the two first-rounders were in the second round. They didn't take a Kyle Hamilton. They didn't trade up for that, that sort of thing. Instead, opting to go for Matthew, it means they're in a win-now mode. That means they do think they can win with Jameis Winston. But that was a pretty good tell on that. The three teams left I'm going to talk about, I'm going to get into the Giants next. I thought the Giants had a really just a solid, solid draft. Uh, you can't say this very much about them recently, but in recent years. But Kayvon Thibodeau, they got him at the fifth pick. I think he's the best player in the draft. Um, Evan Neal, they got him at seven. I thought he was the best tackle in the draft. Um, and then they got the player that I had my eyes on. I mentioned on the Jones Report, I think I mentioned it on our podcast as well, uh, Wandell Robinson, the wide receiver from Kentucky. That was my sleeper. That was the guy that I wanted to see where he went. He is going to be a star. And he went in the second round, the 11th pick in the second round, much higher than I thought. I thought he would go late in the second round. 
Um, I really thought if he would be around, that he'd be a great pickup for the Chiefs. Um, Wandell Robinson is going to be Debo Samuels. Just telling you. That's, that, that's what that guy reminds me of. I think he's a, a hell of a player. And the Giants have got themselves a weapon. They went and got the best tackle. They got the best player in this draft. They went and got a weapon. And um, can't sleep on my guy, Cordell Flott from LSU. They got in the corner. That was in the third round. I thought the Giants did a really solid job. They've got a lot of holes in there to uh, plug. They didn't get cute and try to get one of these quarterbacks to back up Daniel Jones, um, You know, maybe be ready for a project. If Daniel Jones isn't their guy, then next year they're going to the draft to get one. So, again, they weren't one of those lower-level or middling teams that think they might need a quarterback and reached. Teams that reached in these quarterbacks, they didn't reach poorly, I will say. Like I said when I said earlier, I don't think that any of them reached in a poor way. But I do think there was some reaching. The last two, the Jets had a phenomenal draft. And now, look, you earned the fourth pick in the draft. It's just your job to not screw it up. And we give the Jets a lot of credit because the Jets pick in the top five so often, but they mess it up quite a bit. Um, but I don't think they did this time. I Their first four picks, to me, were phenomenal. Really, their first six picks are really good. Um, Mod Gardner, they call him Sauce, Sauce Gardner, Cincinnati quarterback, best player on that team Cincinnati this past year. You know, they were a playoff team. He's phenomenal. He's probably the best on-man cover guy in this draft. Uh, Garrett Wilson, wide receiver from Ohio State. If you've seen him play, great hands, great individual. He's going to be great there as well. Uh, then the Jets made a trade and trade up into the first round late and go and get Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, who was dropping. Um, Jermaine Johnson should have been a top 10 to 15 pick. He falls down to 26, and the Jets did the smart thing. They know they need that. They got, they got picks, but they don't need to use your fifth, sixth, seventh round picks don't really matter. They're not going to make your team most likely. So if you can move up, and the Jets did a good job of moving up at a, at a small cost, and they went and got Jermaine Johnson. They read the board. They read the they read, read the game on how it was going to go. It was a phenomenal pick. They also then made a deal to get uh, move up in the second round. Actually, their second round pick was their pick. Uh, it was then they went and got Brees Hall, who was the best running back in this draft. So again, they just kept filling in studs. Then Jeremy Ruckert, tight end from Ohio State. You know, if you're going to draft a tight end, you know, get him a big school. The guy's got some experience. Uh, you know, Ruckert's a guy who's not going to be a hugely athletic guy, but he makes he makes makes difficult catches. He's a good blocker. He's a he's a weapon you can use. They've already got uh, C.J. Uzma in free agency. The Jets did. This is going to give him a second weapon at tight end and really a blocking guy who can make some tough catches in the red zone. He can be a guy you can look at as a red zone target. Um, in fantasy football. You can see him being a red zone target for the, for the Jets. And then they go get Max Mitchell from Louisiana. That's uh, the old University of Louisiana Lafayette. It's down at the University of Louisiana. A big tackle. like that pick a lot, too. So the Jets, I thought, had a great, great draft. But the team that won the draft, for me, was the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, again, this is where it's not just who you pick. It's how you do things. The Jets made the big trade to go get A.J. Brown. 
doesn't cost them much. They can use their number one guy. They've already got a guy, but they go get a second an experienced guy. They can put out there as well, give more depth, give uh, Jalen Hurts more more targets. They go get Jordan Davis in the first round, a big, I mean, guys, as big as a Coke machine is what I said on Friday's podcast, a big old nose tackle from Georgia. Um, you know, Cameron Jurgens, Nebraska, the center. Uh, I got a little inside scoop on him. Really good player, nice big guy. Uh, I like him better than the kid from Iowa um, that was drafted before him at center. Um, uh, so I just I, I, I like that. Again, you're giving your quarterback what he needs. Limbaugh, Limbaugh is the one I'm thinking of. I liked I like Jurgens more than Limbaugh. And then they got one of the steals in the draft. How Nakobe Dean from Georgia. Fell to, thir- to the third round. I have no idea. This guy should have been a first-round pick. He was the best inside linebacker in this draft. He's a guy who could play inside linebacker. He's wicked smart. He could move him up in the box. He could play off the defensive edge if you wanted to. He doesn't have a huge size. But with his quickness, you can put him in the blitz packages like that. I could also see Nicobe Dean being a guy you might play at safety once in a while in a nickel or dime package. Wicked smart, one of the best football smarts guys you're going to see in this draft. How he fell in the third round, I don't know. But the Eagles were smart. They went and got him. And I just think it was great picks overall. Dean, Gardner, uh, I was like, Dean, Davis, Jurgens. I mean, just phenomenal picks. You you bring in an A.J. Brown for one of your picks. You get that for your first round pick. And they got him extended on the contract already. I mean, the Eagles... The Eagles general manager knew what he was doing. They, they knew what they were doing. They got things together. Great job by the Philadelphia Eagles. The last thing I'm going to jump into, there are, you know, the draft is a weird deal. You have, you know, these players sometimes, and I wanted to talk about this, sometimes players don't get drafted, and it's not because they're not worthy of being drafted, but because things happen, players fall, and they put these things out, you know, because of salary slotting. They just they tell people, we don't want to get drafted here. Uh, that was the case with Carson Strong, the quarterback from Nevada, who also was drafted by the Eagles. Another thing I liked about the Eagles draft was the, they went and got him. Um, Carson Strong is a guy who signs with the Eagles, um, not drafted, a guy that I had as the second best quarterback in this draft. Um, ends up signing an, under, an undrafted free agent deal. Uh, word is, like I mentioned earlier, word was after the fourth round, his agent put out the teams, do not draft him. He does not want to go. He doesn't want to be drafted to where he's slotted. Um, my understanding is he's got a two-year guaranteed deal at about a quarter of a million dollars a year, which would have been a slot. That would have been a draft pick equal to a high third-round pick. So you... The Eagles got the player that they wanted, didn't have to spend a draft pick on him, just got to pay for it. But they got to guarantee him two years, where you wouldn't have to guarantee him that if you drafted him late in the draft. But by guaranteeing him two years, you don't hurt your salary cap. It's only a quarter of a million a year. And you know you're probably going to use him as a project for two years. If he's someone that could be a eventual replacement if Jalen Hurts doesn't work out, I don't know. But I know he'll get an opportunity to carry a clipboard and to see if he can be an NFL player. <clears throat> the other two um, 
undrafted free agents that I really liked. Washington, I mentioned earlier, drafted Cole Kelly from southeastern Louisiana. Again, I think had they not, had they known they were going to draft, they were going to get Cole Kelly, which they obviously didn't know during the draft, but had they known that, I don't think they'd draft Sam Howell. Um, just my opinion there, uh, Cole Kelly is going to be a player in the NFL. I think he'll be a long-term, I don't think he'll be a, an every, I don't think he's going to be anyone's franchise quarterback. But I do think he'll be a guy who's in the league a long time as a backup. And um, he has the opportunity because of size and arm strength to maybe eventually be something like a Tyler Heineke, you know, or, you know, you could say maybe like a Tony Romo. uh, That's kind of high expectations, but you could see something like that as well. The uh, last undrafted free agent signing that I really, really liked was uh, Master Teague, the running back from Ohio State, signing with the Bears. Really, really good pickup, I think, for the Bears. Again, this is a guy who, again, my understanding was a guy who did, wasn't getting drafted, wasn't fall, he was falling, falling, falling. Again, the agent said, hey, don't don't take us in the sixth round, don't take us in the seventh round. Let's get over here and get this going. Um, it's it's funny how that works sometimes. And we've seen that the last couple of years with some of these players. And so look out for him. He's one of those guys that could be that sleeper, Fantasy football guy, when week 12, someone gets hurt, and all of a sudden you go, who was that? That's the guy. So, interesting stuff, how it goes around. We're seeing a lot of different stuff now at the NFL this week. Uh, Already here on Monday, I'm recording this a little bit late. Uh, We're doing this on Monday in the uh, midday, so this is going to get out late on Monday or early Tuesday, so my apologies for that. We have seen a couple things come down the pike since the draft ended on Saturday, and again, we've seen Tyron Matthew is signed with the Saints, or going to sign with the Saints. He, uh, I understand he's going to sign on Tuesday, part of that being that he, the Chiefs will not get a draft pick compensation if he signs on Tuesday. If he signs on Monday, they would. The Saints obviously don't want to do that. They don't want to give compensation back to the Chiefs. Uh, which, I mean, that happens. It's just the name of the game. Uh, and then also we saw DeAndre Hopkins. I haven't seen, I've just seen that he's been suspended for six games for uh, a PED policy. Um, this is quite surprising to me. It's nothing that I've not, I wouldn't have put those two things together, DeAndre Hopkins and PEDs. Um, it's kind of a developing situation. We'll know a little more as we see, but it uh, should be a little interesting to see what happens with, maybe that was something that the, the, uh, Cardinals knew when they were making some of the decisions they made on draft weekend. So you never know. So, hey, uh, just real quick, wanted to get in here, and I wanted to do a little something on the draft. We'll be back with our normal point five on Friday. Ellen and I will be recording that and getting in. We'll touch on what all's going on. We'll get her kind of thoughts on the draft, if she has any. We'll kind of update what's going on in baseball. and We'll kind of just talk a little bit about everything. So, um you know, just I, it'll be interesting. We'll get back to the normal, normal programming, if you will, on uh, Friday. So I hope you enjoyed this quick thirty minutes. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Um, so I want to say thank you to Tyler Jones and the Studio Soapbox for all you guys do behind the scenes. Can't do this without you guys. Thank you so much. Most importantly, I want to thank you guys because of you guys. I'm able to do this and I'm having fun doing it. So thank you. Uh, don't forget to rate us and review us. Give us five stars, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get the podcast. We 
really appreciate it. Until next time, this week on Friday, I'm Coach Bo, and I'm Connor. Have a great week. Remember to catch up with your Bible Fundable, and take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.